0: And I can say that on a physiological level, I can say that on an epigenetical level, we can say it on a biochemical level, that you're completely transformative every breath, every moment,
1: astrologically, emotionally, everything. Around every single million dollar mansion is, you know, a 10 to 15 foot wire fence to keep the world out and you realize, my God, that is... There's billion dollar worth of prison cells that were built by the very people living in them.
2: Humility is the only word I know second to mystery. Mm. I cannot
3: and I'm not going to pretend and I, I, I'm humbled. What would it look like if I actually embodied the essence of genuine self-worth because I choose myself? Done.
4: The more we open our heart, the more fear patterns we vaporize.
3: Serving the healing of other
5: humans and in my retreats and leadership and masterminds and things I do all over the world now that it's got there's texture to it now. A lot of that texture and ingredients inside of it.
0: And so these conversations are, are here to spark and to create ideas and then actually some action, feet on the ground, hands on the earth, hands colliding, big hugs, big love, all, all these kinds of things. What, what, what is the next step?
1: cancer is isolation Mm. so you isolate a single human cell it immediately turns into a a precancerous cell that's fast on its way to becoming malignant and so isolation leads to malignant behavior which is parasitic taking resources from around itself because it can no longer provide for itself because it's lost its connection to source so you lose connection to source your metabolism immediately drops if you cut all those fiber optic cables to all the other cells now you're dim you go and build Jamestown and build this fortress-like wall around it and say, this is ours, well, you just ruled out 99.99% of all the resources North America yeah. with that fence. Yeah. is the stupidest model, yeah. and yet today... You know, it's just over in Africa, and you see it in spades. You drive out of Cape Town, and you're in these multi-million-dollar houses in the most beautiful coastline of the world. And you're driving up that that eastern seaboard of Africa, and it's just the most astonishing power of ocean with astonishing cliffs, and the flora and fauna is like next level. Makes Alaska look like it thought small. You know, like it. it it's just such a dream, and you've got these million-dollar mansions all stacked up into these coves and epic scenes, and around every single million-dollar mansion is you know, a 10- to 15-foot wire fence to keep the world out, and you realize, my God, that is, there's billion-dollar worth of prison cells that were built by the very people living in them. Ugh. And so in our belief of ownership, we end up in prison cells, whether it be Jamestown, or your million-dollar mansion, you know, in, off the coast. And you go around the bend, and then there's suddenly an unofficial settlement, which is what they call the squatter villages there, an the unofficial settlement that sprawls with the same gorgeous view, the same stunning cliffs, and there are kids everywhere running around with plastic ball bags t- taped together into soccer balls. There's pigs roaming around. There's chickens sprawling shanties with hardly a wall between each other. There's four generations of families living together. There's elders. There's the whole thing, and this is poverty. Wow. (laughs) And that's poverty. And there's wealth. Yeah. Wealth only occurs when you have completely isolated isolated yourself from the world. Yeah. Poverty happens if you're interconnected and believe in beauty. And so we have so misaligned our value systems that we've had to create rights. Yeah. And so when giant economies that are parasitic and extractive because of their belief of scarcity because they believe they are separate starts killing and wiping out all things, every soil, water, air system now owned by the Chinese or Americans or now multibillion-dollar companies like Nestle and our big food industries owning more than most fiat countries do, all of those fences, all of that ownership, all of that extraction – has driven us to wiping out 97% of indigenous cultures and peoples over the last 200 years and destroying 97% of the soil systems of the planet at the same time. And so this extract of nature has reached its pinnacle state. And now we see biology collapsing on the planet for the loss of biodiversity. And so what- Loss of communication. Loss of communication is secondary to the loss of biodiversity. So you lose biodiversity, you lose that whole colloidal matrix of communication that we mentioned. And now you start to lose network communication. You get isolation. All the cells start acting malignant. It's seated
0: in the conscious of men and women right now. This is something that they're. It's we're like at generation loss. We've forgotten what we've forgotten. It's gotten to that point. For sure. Um, this reminds me of what Steiner's intention was with biodynamics. It wasn't to make the most mineralized food, the healthiest food. That was the side effect of giving authority back to the human. It's becoming the steward of the land and having a connection to the soil and having connection to other people. That's the Waldorf method. It's, we're, we're incubating children. We're not doctri- indoctrinating them. We're allowing them to build their faculties of intuition and love and experience, you know, deal with their own conflicts. So we are connected and not isolated. At the root of that is that, is that form or that seed of intelligence that is inherently within us. How do we get this back out there? How do we wake this up? Because we're, we're running towards a, I, I know you said that it's happening, but we're also heading towards a cliff with no brakes on it. That's, uh, you know, industries are falling right now. Maybe they're supposed to fall, but we are, we're, there's wars happening all over this world, which is a total breakdown of consciousness. We have scarcity at the highest level, poverty conscious, emotional problems, Everyone's in this debt slave capitalistic system. Nobody even wants to really talk about these things. And most people that think they can't even have these conversations because they're worried about paying the rent. And they're, you know, how, how do I just shut my child up and put an iPad in their face and have them as- go into another form of escapism? We're, we're, we're in that level. And so these conversations are, are here to spark and to create ideas and then actually some action, feet on the ground, hands in the earth, hands colliding, big hugs, big love, all, all these kinds of things, what, what, what is the next step?
2: Slowing down, taking breaths. This is what I've learned this life. The slower I go, the more I get stuff done. Absolutely. I've really made a promise to myself. So today, when I was coming here and things were going off a little bit, they weren't as I expected. My son didn't come and the, the freedom. I had to slow it down, sit with myself in my meditation this morning and say... Hands off the wheel. You're not in charge, mm. and you can trust. And I was like, "Oh, thank you." Yeah. Give and then watching you, to trust. and then watching you really echoed that because yeah. I think I'm going slow, but I'm really not. i right. always tell. I've always noticed that. I tell myself we're going to slow down, and I'm like Deborah, and then I was a little. It's slower. all relative. Exactly.
0: Right, and that and shows you.
2: Yes, and that's why it's so important to take a deep breath and listen to the podcast, and then stop and reflect back with yourself. Do I give myself the gift of breath? Yeah. I mean, I'm really impressed. But you have four plants in Taurus. you got a little thing on me. I've got the little Gemini thing.
0: Yeah. I, I did an interview about three years ago after a ceremony that I had just gotten back from in Peru. And uh, it was Pete Evans' interview. And he wanted to get into psychedelics and plant medicines. And I have a, I have a background in that. And, of course uh, you do. That's all ruled by Neptune. That may, yeah, no, it makes total sense. And um, he said, how do people start their journey into psychedelics, and I said, "Well," and he goes, "There has to be intention there, right?" Well, I'm like, "Obviously, there has to be an intention, but we have to reverse that a little bit. There has to be intention in people's breath, let alone psychedelics and going into, you know, the blurred state. Most people have no intention on their own breath. I know. How are they going to have intention dying before they die and going into that level of mysticism?" So if you're hearing all this, start with your breath, your prana, your chi, your life force, the convergence.
2: I've so learned how to do this. Yeah. I made a practice. One year, every year on the new year, I pick a word and I let that word follow me for the whole year. And one year, the word was breath. And that really taught me to intentionally breathe. I didn't, I didn't know I didn't know. I didn't know I wasn't doing it.
0: What happens? You come out the womb and you take a breath. And that breath is that first kiss from the sky.
2: And then all the stars tell you the next thing you know, they're giving you this download. Here's what you're here to do. Let me
0: ask you this. On a, on a electromagnetism, on a material level, right? And I'll give you just a quick example. Dimethyltryptamine, DMT, right? Many people are drinking ayahuasca. Many people are free basing this in different forms. In my opinion, DMT is the material world al- alchemy that transports the soul in and out of the body. Wow, That's my take, and, I, and we can go into. De- I would listen. Of that. I
2: believe you, Mr. Neptune.
0: There's a pharmacokinetic perspective of looking at that. There's a, also an experiential perspective. So, so there is a soul in the body. We're just experiencing it through this morphogenic field and this holographic world. What do you think is happening? in the science cosmology of that first breath out of the womb do you think there is a mineral do you think there is a magnetism do you think there's a, a the lightning question. there's it's ormus you know tesla said there's a coil i mean what do you think's happening on on the fundamental laws it, and just this is a postulation right
2: yeah and my Mercury and Taurus doesn't postulate well. Okay. So I would just say in no uncertain terms, having watched the birthing and the chart and been in the room, yeah. that it is definitely being organized by a very high level of consciousness, that it was signed before it got here, that there's yeah. a contract that's in place. The actual chemistry involved of how the brain, the heart, the body all go into alignment with your chart, and I can tell your body type based on this, <whistles> I'm not going to even try.
0: Okay, so maybe it was built was, it was built. Beforehand,
2: it's definitely an intel. the asking- chart
0: is just giving us the system to lock in on. Yes, to give it's us not, access. The the, the lock in isn't shooting the lightning strike to turn it on, or maybe it's both.
2: I think it is. Okay. I think there is a moment of birth when the whole system gets activated and lightened up. I think there is something so to be it's like saying. a
0: software. The
2: moment you enter the sphere of reality, yeah. the software comes into alignment, the picture is taken, it's tattooed on your soul, and that's that. But the better question you're asking, which I really appreciate, is what is the intelligence op- – you go, you really want this, you sad you. Yeah. What is the intelligence operating here? And the astrologer is going to tell you humility is the only word I know second to mystery. Mm. I cannot, and I'm not going to pretend, and I, I, I'm humbled. I'm not the new age woo-woo smolder. I
0: love what she is saying right now. Humility is and what the mystery. uncovers the, the truth. It's all about the And how
2: mystery. dear my that's, mind, I got the wheelies. How the, dear my mind take the position of knowing when I know my heart is so innocent and so young and so sweet.
0: The, Let her lead. This is it. This is what I have a problem with modern science is that. They but know. You that-
2: have such an appetite. Look at you. Uh-huh. You're such a brainiac. And it's so wonderful because the ancient ones knew there were systems put in place. Sure. There is numerology. There is a str- There's the tarot, there's the old Kabbalah, which is based on astrology. And the end of the story, get ready. I've written a book. Do you know this? No. It's called The Missing Element. And the subtitle is Compassion for the Human Condition. Wow. And in the book is the four elements. Which is the system that ever, from Egypt to the Buddhists to the Hawaiians mm. to the Jews, every system is based on the four elements. I got the willies again. And so I suggest, because I'm a little slow, remember that part I, w- I realized when I was young? The four elements. Yep. If you master the magician in the tarot deck, the first card is the fool. Like, you're going to go down there again? Are you crazy? Yeah, like, it's really? Like, I'm One not more even, time? I can't believe I did it again. Yeah. And then the first stop is the magician card. And on the magician's desk is water, air, earth, and fire. Go look at the card. Yeah, yeah. So if you're willing to learn the elements, which is what my book's about, and the simplest version, and that comes back to water. Can you sit in silence? Do you know how to meditate? Do you know how to take deep breaths? Said the air sign. Can you speak truth? Can you? You're so good. Can you ask all these questions? Then comes earth. Can you put it in your body? Right. Can we get out of our heads for ten minutes and have the yum yum factor? Yeah. And then fire. Woohoo! Here comes the orgasm. Where's the fun factor? If you're not having fun, go home.
0: Absolutely. So it's, it's all this. It's, those four it's
2: It is. I know that was.
0: (laughs) It's it's symbiotic.
2: And that's the whole organism by the the sum of of all parts. That's right. I know, and I kept trying to see. I was looking at that word, going. He deliberately chose, and now I see. So the symbiotic is those four elements and the divine between the soul and the personality. Yeah. Sew them together
3: when you become more evolved or self-aware, it doesn't mean that the bullshit doesn't show up. It just means that you're more aware of it. Right. So it's still going to hit the fan. You're human. You're in this human experience. You can't evolve yourself out of the exhale of the human experience. We also have to have the exhale for the inhale, sure. the dark side of the moon, the light side of the moon. That's
0: right. It's just like fasting or doing a Vipassana. Yeah. The blinders start to wear off. Okay, keep uh-huh. going.
3: Exactly. So the... The understanding of the shadow nature of the insidious roots that it takes that actually creates an energetic signature behind my decisions. That's the stuff I want to get into. And so when I started to actually notice that there was some desire for validation coming outside of myself through the acknowledgement of others in my worth, and it has. If I was to give an action to that energy, it's like this. I'm not doing that actually in the space, but my energy is ungrounded and out of my body because there was still a desire for validation for my presence found in partnership over the past seven years. Mm. But it's not been exposed until I was out of partnership was when I started to detect that frequency. Mm. And so then I sat with, what would all of my future, potential future timelines, I want to say p- future timelines being like, the infinite amount of things that could happen from this point forward. What would it look like if I actually embodied the essence of genuine self-worth because I choose myself? Done. I don't need you to tell me that I'm doing a good job. I don't need you to have a crush on me to tell me that I'm attractive and I'm 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 valid as a partner. I don't need this reputable person to tell me that I have done such a good job because I did something brilliant in the space. But what would it look like if I sit in a room of powerful beings and not need to say anything, and feel deeply chosen? Mm. That is power. Mm. Insecurity is allowed power is silent and I fell into or like dropped into the marination and the essence of that frequency and I saw all of these potential timelines working out in a way of ease and grace and expansion because it's meeting me of where I'm at recognizing the universe doesn't give us what we want the universe gives us who we are and if I choose myself today I wonder what the future looks like Now that's a place that I want to live. And that's available to everybody. And that's the best part about it. Doesn't matter what physical vessel you're in. Doesn't matter how much money's in your bank account. Doesn't matter how many followers you have or what you've created. If we can access this as individuals on this planet, the vibration that we start to attract, likes attracts likes in a vibrational reality from a deep place of self-worth now that's actually starting to anchor in heaven on earth within your own unique experience and so the root of it is self-love and to get to that point it's a journey and i'm still on it and i'm a student of it but this literally was a piece that like i started to detect yesterday so when you're like okay well we're not going to plan the necessarily the direction of the podcast we're just going to let you go over what most alive this is the most alive thing for me and i haven't Mm. spoken about it yet Mm. um and I'm still in the integration and even communicating it, it helps me to integrate this piece in a deeper way.
0: This is my favorite conversation in terms of what we're talking about, because this is a big part of my self identity and my message and things that I've worked through. You know, I had a very overbearing mother. I had a mother that was on top of me, telling me that this is the way to do it. This is not the way to do it. Your self worth is this high. You got to be this good. You have to be the best. Mm-hmm. Um, in Farsi, they call it Doodootale, which means golden something, and uh, that was a self-identification that I had that I had to be always at top of my game, top of the class, best, 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 and it put a lot of pressure on me, and it put me in a position where I only felt like if I had fallen off a little bit in any of those dynamic categories, that I was a shell of myself. And I was not good enough. And it created a lot of you know different unravelings of my consciousness. And I had to work through those things over the last 12, 15 years uh, to the point where I'm you know pr- still practicing that every day. And I'm, sp- I'm saying that right now because you said something that stood out to me, and I think it was offline, is that who you are today is not who you were yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I can say that on a physiological level. I can say that on an epigenetic level. We can say it on a biochemical level that you're completely... Transformative, every breath, every moment, astrologically, emotionally, everything. And so, chop wood, carry water, become enlightened, become utopic, remove the false identity. The Maya runs out of you. And then, all of a sudden, what do you got to do? You got to chop wood and carry water. So, this is a disciplinary act. This is practicing. This is how you do anything, is how you do everything. So, are you now looking at this, you know, I would say, nirvana moment of complete true freedom? and saying okay now i can see now i can feel now this has to become a practice how does this become a practice to blue how does this sustain we are human of course things are going to happen we're going to feel a spear on our side here and there things are going to happen but what is what is your i would say almost your prescription to being able to maintain this and keep going further and further so that when a partner does come along you are truly meeting that person with your glass completely full, overfilling, and it's synergy. Not one plus one is two. It is infinite. Mm
3: -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think that the greatest gift we could ever give anybody is the gift that we've given ourselves first. And what I mean by that is that if I'm to truly listen with empathy towards you. I must first have listened to empathy towards my own inner workings. I cannot hold space for you if I'm not holding space for me. I will judge you if I'm judging my own experience. All judgment is rooted in self-judgment. So my practice is continuing to monitor the energetic hygiene of my thoughts this is what's going to ensure that something done over a series of time creates a new default or a character. Um, and so for me, any time there are thoughts that are not pure, that are judging another, that are putting someone down, that are nitpicking it the way that I'm showing up in life, is to continue to free my internal narrative out of a binary experience. Mm-hmm. So, If I'm in my room and all of a sudden I feel about thought about this person that said something about me and I'm sitting there and I'm spewing on it and I'm going, "Mm, how dare that person? If he said that, all of a sudden it's like catch yourself in that moment, Mm. and it's almost like I am the queen of a court and a very horrible jokester jester comes in, and it's up to me to entertain this jester or to ask this jester to leave because it's actually polluting the space. And so if I'm the queen on my throne and this jester comes in and is cracking some horrible jokes and, me- and he's making a mess, I'm going to ask that jester to leave mm. my court. Well, I do that same thing with negative and positive thoughts mm. and to become mindful that I am not those thoughts, but those thoughts are here taking up real estate in my consciousness that is emanating out into a vibratory reality, which can only give me more of who I am. Mm. And so it's a very filtered moment in the mundane experiences. And what I like to say is, I actually don't know really much about life. The only two things I know how to do well is to pray and to play. And so filling my mundane moments instead of feeding into negative, charged, gossipy judgmental energetics and feeding that gesture to stay in my court that therefore is the energy i'm emitting to actually be really mindful that recognizing and rooting my core values in all judgment is rooted in self-judgment mm-hmm. and so if i'm judging another where in my part of my psyche do i not feel evolved or have a lack of awareness in that area of my life mm-hmm. and how can i pull my full self forward into a deeper place of wholeness mm-hmm. now this is a devotional life's work of devoting myself to my highest self, being a disciple of my higher self. And so it's only found in the mundane moments, not the highlight reel, it's not the champagne popping moments. Right. It is the moments in between, mm-hmm. accept all, reject none in my psyche. And it is a constant filtering practice. But what this does on a daily, minutely, secondly basis is that it accumulates and allows me to every 75 trillion cells of my body to start humming at the frequency of embodiment mm-hmm. And embodiment is genuinely uh, embodiment and authenticity are two of the most magnetic qualities that exist.
0: How do we begin to realize that we might be pretty much operating in a state of fear twenty four seven, and our entire way of thinking is predicated in the shadow of fear? What's your take on that? Because I see that out there, and I. I I talk about scarcity mindset and poverty conscience, and this 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 mindset of lack and always coming from a place of lack and I mm-hmm. and I I see it in the collective energetically. They're afraid of being able to take a step forward because they're so conditioned and and they're yeah. um and they're contracted so much physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually mm-hmm. uh, that they're only taking the scraps mm-hmm. that are left and. Drifting towards yeah. this escapism, escapism behavior, so they don't have to apply anything. What is it? What are we, what are we doing?
4: <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I think we are permeated with fear. Yeah, you know, we are the we are the. This is the epoch in which we are permeated with fear, and so it's, it's in the cells of our DNA. And it's 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 there for a reason. You know, it's there because yeah, we did have to survive and we do have that memories and those reptilian brain kind of behavior patterns. And yeah, at the same time, what I described earlier is this kind of this this whole cycle that we're moving through, and part of that cycle is is the other side of it is this this um involutionary current, right? So we have evolutionary force and then involutionary force. And the involution is is the kind of, is the wholeness seeking us, you know? And it's, so it's, it's literally kind of, it's, it's the highest consciousness being stepped down into our bodies, into you know? And so it's like spiritual consciousness coming down into us. It's not really coming down into us, but it, it kind of, that's a way of looking at it. Um, it's and, turning on. and we're, Yeah, and we're moving up towards it. You know, yeah. So we move up towards it, it comes down towards us. And what it's doing is it's, is, it's, as, is it's vaporizing the fear patterns. So the more we open our heart, the more fear patterns we vaporize. Mm. And these, and there's a finite, this is the good news, there's a finite amount of those cells. <laughs> there's a finite amount of that fear. You know, So it's like, a re- it's like a reservoir in us. Sure. And so the more alchemy we do, the more we obliterate that fear.
0: So it's not reproducing within us.
4: It, well, well it, it that's an interesting question.
0: Okay, yeah, because I, I think of cells, I think of yeah. immunosenescent cells, cells that go dormant in the body and yeah. ultimately fail your immune system, which leads towards yeah. catastrophic disease. Yeah. So you could be feeding it.
4: Yeah, okay, so maybe a better way of understanding it is that these are like, um, there's a word coax patterns or something is this from trauma therapy interesting they're like um thought forms in a way they're kind of um brain collections of neural pathways okay fractal kind of fear patterns and when you dismantle one of those permanently it's gone right but if but otherwise it's what it's doing is it's it is programming the cells Right. So once you take one out, you've got less ability to program the cells with fear. You still got other ones. Sure. So you've got to, you've got to obliterate all of them. Got it. Yeah. So it is a kind of game. Yeah. You know, it's it's like a video game. Right. It's like we're kind of space invaders. We're blasting these things with our awareness and with our love. And there are a finite amount. So what I, I always try and say to people, and this is just based on my own, obliterating my own, <laughs> and I still have plenty left. Um, is it gets easier? Yeah. Do you like
0: do you, momentum?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Do you experience that
0: all the time? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and but, I can see it. And I can also feel it can go in both directions. In what way? Well, it just in you know, if you're caught up in the in the fear trap, yeah, energetically, that leads into like yeah. almost the awakening of. Of old fears yeah. and other things come with it, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. But but in the momentum of the truth unraveling and and getting out of the guise of fears and and the and the and the, the of it, it just starts to unravel. Yeah, and it becomes funner and funner and funner. Yeah, yeah. It's, and a loop, right? it's a feedback loop, right?
4: It's a biofeedback feedback loop. Yeah. So I feel as lighter it, as yeah. it as it unfolds. So the feedback loop operates at the shadow. It keeps it keeps the shadow working, but also at the gift. Or at the, or the higher level, it also creates more freedom, sure. more quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets I, funnier I too.
4: It definitely gets funny
0: because you kind of I laugh at some of the things that yeah. I, used to concern me, which could be considered a fear. Yeah, sure. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. yeah no, I agree. And so, I, yeah, I think that that fear is being. You yeah, know, we we do the work. Yeah. If you do the work, it, it it works. That's right. One of my teachers used to say, like the old Daoist guy <laughs> used to say, "You do it, you get it." <laughs> It was like, like, that was his thing. You do it, you get it.
5: Oh, my God. I know why I'm in prison. Because every day while I was free, I used to say, I feel like I'm so far away from where I'm supposed to be, like I'm in prison inside of my own body.
0: Yeah,
5: yeah. And I was literally far away from where I was supposed to be in prison. And I said, if I can think myself to prison... Well, in that case, I'm a free man. Yeah. What would a free person do? What would a free... And a voice inside says, Garen, everything you used to love to do when you were a kid. What did I used to love to do? Oh, I used to love to run. That made me feel free. I used to love to sing. I used to love to dance and do visual arts and everything. So I started doing it. I was drawing and painting and inmate. I was painting portraits of their family members. And... uh they're like, oh, thank you, in tears. Do you want anything? No, I I was so fulfilled with whatever was welling up inside of me. And it was just easy for me to just share that joy. Mm. And then I love to motivate people. So I would just, I learned French to speak fluent French. And I was just motivating people. And then it'd be a crowd of people around me just hearing me talk. And it was just something I was giving away. And- Whenever I would sing, an inmate goes, every time you sing, it makes me feel free. That was in another cell across the hallway. I just kept saying it, but I was already free in my mind. And I was just sharing, but that's what I used to do when I was a little kid. But my greatest joy, my greatest sense of passion, desire, freedom, like literally time stops where all my downloads come from. is when I'm just running. Not running for time, not running for abs or workout, just... Running is my form of moving meditation that I know now. But back then, a little voice says, Garen, run. You love to run. Nobody was running at that time. I saw stabs, drug deals, uh, fights, all this kind of stuff. Then one day, I started running. 30 days, 60-something inmates was running with me. So it went from nobody to me just doing what I love. Your embodiment. And then all these people started to follow less fights, less drug deals, less stabbings. And to close this out, when I felt free, key word, felt, not fought for freedom. When I felt free and I embodied the characteristics and all that my inner facilities were freedom frequency, it's like the essence of like aliveness, They called me into the office, which I thought I was getting in trouble, and they said, Jones, we retested the drugs. They had no reason to retest the drugs two years after I'd already been in there when they'd already tested them three times, 6.2 kilos of heroin every time. Now I feel free. They call me in, retest the drugs, and they say 90% was fake, and for the amount that was real, You've already done the time. You're free to go home.
0: (laughs) I don't know what to say to that. You mean that those drugs were cut? They were cut? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Wow. Wow, the biology of belief is real.
5: But I will tell you this. Now knowing, I won't say now knowing what I know, but my favorite thing to do when I was a little kid was puzzles. I love patterns and puzzles. Yeah, same. So now being aware of the cyclical nature of uh, patterns and pattern interruptions and being able to see the seasonal patterns in things, the universe becomes plastic according to the thoughts that you give the most power to and your beingness and essence that creates the fertile environment for whatever to grow. And in my case, birth was from the fertile environment of the womb of prison. It had to give birth to somebody that was living his fullest expression, overflowing into the other inmates, overflowing into the womb of, of the prison. Well, like a baby, what once grew on the inside is now produced on the outside called birth, but now mine was freedom. Yeah, wow. Wow, what was the... What was the reaction when you had heard that? It was very surface level because I hadn't yet done all the practices and the methodologies and you know all learned all these tools. I was like, "I'm so lucky." Yeah. it was just so sweet, and I was like, "Wow, God is good. I'm so lucky, but I didn't know the science of it. Sure. It's like the spiritual science, and the, the, there's a texture and a flavor to it. But this is what I put to so serving, healing other, you know, so serving the healing of other humans and in my retreats and leadership and masterminds and things I do all over the world now. That it's got. There's texture to it now. A lot of that texture and ingredients inside of it. What happened if you didn't go to jail? I
0: probably would be dead.